Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. This is the Sexy Unique Podcast, an exploration of Vanderpump Rules. Ain't nobody got me feeling like I'm feeling you. And I'm your host, Lara Marie Shane Hall. Everybody freeze, put your hands up. We ain't about to take it easy, hope your cake's up. London with the beat, here we go, so in. Then we go with a friend, you'll be both in. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sexy Unique Podcast. My name is Lara. You guys know that. And I'm here today with a very special guest all the way from Chicago. It's Trisha Donnellan. Hi, guys. Thanks, Lara, for having me. You are so welcome. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Uh, I am super nervous. I told you before. I know but. you're really you're having like a nerves <laughs> moment. It's gonna be okay. Um, Trisha was a patron who yes. contacted me on Patreon and became <laughs> like a super VIP patron. (laughs) And really you're the first person that has like patroned your way onto the pod, Mm -hmm. which congratulations. Thank you. I think to both of us. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, essentially I was buying your friendship, so to speak, which I'm okay with because it's basically like paying, you know, when you go to the bar also, you're buying friendship from the bartenders. I know. And (laughs) my dad tried to buy my friendship and love growing up. And so I've been through this before Mm -hmm. and it worked out okay but i'm welcome happy to be doing it again and honestly it was just you did it right as i was transitioning out of that patreon like not even offering that so you got in at the last second you're really the only person that will ever get this opportunity <laughs> so i mean this is a huge I moment know. yeah i 
um, earlier, and I don't know if you remember this, but I started listening to your podcast maybe about a year and a half ago. So I slid into your Instagram DMs Mm -hmm. with, I also messaged Molly McAleer. Okay. And I included a picture of Ken and I that I had, um, because I'd grabbed him when I saw him at Pomp once. Yeah, as one does. And uh, you both responded and I got super excited. And then when I became a Patreon, I wasn't following the rules and wasn't sending emails to your sup email. I just tried to slide into your DMs again. <laughs> and you entertained it for a little bit. And then I realized I, I needed to... Uh, I need to start paying and I needed to fork over some cash and I really fell for that thing. I thought like it said five left or something for this opportunity. So I thought there had been more. It was a really good sales technique. Yeah, it was. I only (laughs) said it because I'm not I didn't want to set a precedent that like I'm just going to allow whoever the fuck to like do that because I also was like kind of in my head like who's gonna do this oh, and then for years for sure. it was no one so I just tried to be like make it really super exclusive yes. and I'm glad it worked yeah I'm I'm super <laughs> excited I yeah this must be kind of weird for you though I'm a total stranger and I feel like I've known you for like a year and a half because that's how podcasts go it's not that weird because like when you say it back to me and I have time to really think about it then I'm like oh yeah that is kind of weird but like in the moment, I feel like I've met so many people through doing podcasts and stuff that I'm okay. just used to that being like the way that I meet a lot of people now. Okay. Or especially Good. like if I meet like readers or listeners, like mm-hmm. I'm, I like always meeting people that love the pod. Good. Have <laughs> so. you, have you gone to any of those? Like, did you ever have any dinners, whatever with, uh, listeners, readers? I haven't had a meetup in a really long time. Like it's been almost a year. So I'm overdue for one. The last one I had was like on the eve of my 34th birthday. Cause it was when James was doing see you next Tuesday. So Got I just it. said like, I'm going to go to this tonight. Everyone who's in LA should come. But I need to do more reader meetups. And I was yeah. doing live shows. So those kind of counted yes. as like reader meetups, but not any like dedicated night, which I think it does need to happen soon. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Aunt Freckle, didn't she heckle you at a live Freckle did heckle <laughs> at Carrie O'Donnell and I's live show where we did Kristen Doty's Road to Sir. Oh my God. I and love that. she iconically heckled us. Which there was some sort of uh, sound recording problem on the ve- on the part of the venue, so the oh. whole the show was maybe like an hour and a half, but like the first hour of the show didn't get recorded onto the USB that I gave the sound engineer. Nice, and only the last thirty minutes did, which didn't even have. I don't think it even had Freckles Heckles in there anymore, <laughs> so she really got away with it. Oh my god! And then after that. I remember like she was very apologetic to me and was like, fine, like whatever at the end of the day. But I was telling my mom about it and my mom thought it was the funniest thing she had ever heard because she loves Freckle. She's met her before because we did a music video together like a while back and my mom came to set for that and like met Freckle and was just charmed. And so she just thought it was hilarious, like not even rude, just thought it was like so funny and fun. It's yeah, I guess it it is super shitty to heckle, but I was a fan of the episode. Um, Dodie's Road to Sir. Of well, of an episode you had Anne Freckle on. Oh yeah, she. I mean, I think Freckle she got, is amazing. A true star. People hated her, but loved. Did you get a lot of like comments and stuff? It was tough to keep her 
um, on topic, but I didn't mind that. Really, no, I think it's important <laughs> to have people that like never interact with the Vanderpump Rules <laughs> moment, right? To like it grounds all of us and gives yes. us perspective on our passion. But yeah, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so Thank excited. you for coming Thanks. all the way from Chicago to do the pod. Yes. And when we were deciding what to cover, because okay, so we initially started out being like we will do the secrets revealed episode because every season of Vanderpump has, assuming there would be one. Yeah, yeah. Assuming just normally and organically assuming yes. because the past few years there has been one. Yes. And then of course this shank of a season Awful. decided they weren't going to do a secrets revealed. Right. And like the, maybe there were no secrets to reveal. I mean, if so problematic, big time. And some people need to be fired. Yeah, I agree. But so then we had this on the books. You're here from (laughs) Chicago and it's like, what the fuck are we going to talk about? I know Hillary reached out to me. Um, Hillary's the producer um, of the podcast that we work on. And she was asking about what episode, like what we were going to cover. And then I started looking at the Bravo schedule and I was like, oh shit, like what is this? And then even watching it yesterday, like it's Summer House Vanderpump mashup and it was confusing and... I am so happy that um, you decided that we weren't going to do that because it might be a lot of lulls because it's funny to make fun of, but it's a it's a pretty horrible show. Yeah, I just haven't watched any of Summer House yeah. and it's like it's on my list and there are a lot of people I respect that are huge <laughs> Summer House heads. So I feel like it could be really great, but yeah. I also was like not feeling super confident to like come in with an opinion on a show that I've never watched that is trying to clearly do some sort of cross promotion with an iconic television show iconic and there's not enough focus on the vanderpump cast in those episodes and and Kristen wasn't even there i I mean so there's a ton of reasons not to do it i was really happy yeah so it's kind of like a non-starter and then i was really like okay what are we going to talk about and then (laughs) i realized that we could and should just throw it back to season three episode one yes and we would talk about that episode because that truly it's nice to go back in time especially after a season like season seven and realize like the glory days and like really honor the times when we had it really really good yeah and why we're here yeah like i'm not here i didn't (laughs) come to california for season seven i came because of my love and devotion to the earlier seasons and so i stick by vanderpump but it is it's not the same i think season three maybe season four was the last fantastic season yeah i mean four or five i think Lala's great. Yeah, Lala's great. Four, five, and six, honestly, it just like kept ramping up. I feel like there was a boring one in there a little bit. Maybe season four I felt a little betrayed on, but then it quickly was erased because I think that was immediately like Sheena and Shay had like problems. Oh, right. But like there was always something happening to like propel you through like the dud episodes. And then season seven happened and you really, I questioned everything. I mean, everyone I that too. listens to this podcast knows that I was having like existential crises, plural, during <laughs> this time. But I questioned myself also. I think season, I just like the production and it seemed in the earlier seasons, it was less produced and it was a little rougher mm-hmm. and almost every episode delivered. And yeah. I guess that's what I loved about the earlier seasons, like especially season two goes down in history mm-hmm. to me as one of the best reality show 
um, seasons ever. Yeah. It has the epic payoff at the end. But then even watching this episode, it's like, it's really good. It's really good. And you realize (laughs) that every line that these people say is like just a punch to the gut. Like anything they're, they're doing, like saying it all is like so moving forward. And it's just like, it is a car. It's a self-driving car. Essentially. And I just really miss uh, Kristen's natural teeth. Yeah, <laughs> she I know. was so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I mean, I, and I don't think I realized how pretty she was when I was watching a long time ago because I think Stasi's really gorgeous and Sheena too. But mm-hmm. Kristen, now thinking about Kristen, like now versus then, she just, I really liked her, her, you liked her vintage f- Dodie. For, yeah, version one. Yeah, version 1.0. <laughs> you just, your teeth, they're too, I don't like veneers on her. It just the whole thing is freaking me out now. Yeah, I really miss Kristen's like shrug. Like she, <laughs> this was a season where she just shrugged all the time, <laughs> like consistently throughout. And like, it's just like, whatever, like whatever. <laughs> and now we're in like, we're in like boom era, Kristen Doty, where yes. and all the cast has really, They've adopted that word. What word? Boom. Oh, like boom, motherfucker, boom. Yeah, she like, did have in the you noticed that? I was watching the Vanderbilt Rules after show just to try and like yeah. squeeze the last <laughs> drops out of this like horrific season. But then I noticed that like there's one point where Stasi's like boom and they're all obsessed with booming. Ah, oh, I feel like they pick up their phrases. Um, they're like five years later, 10 years later, sort of people. Yeah. They're really behind the curve in that sense. And they, uh, yeah. I mean, when Kristen yelled boom in the reunion, I, I just didn't, I mean, I, they needed to turn her mic off at that point. Yeah. I think I forget what it was even about. It was something about James clearly, but she just, she did some sort of like weird, like shark clap, like, or alligator. It looked like, I don't know. Yeah. The boom often is accompanied by like a, uh, like an awkward clap of some sort. And it's like with her arms and her elbows, not really bending. I don't know. Yeah. She's very like in Chicago when they do like the Roxy heart, like, um, puppet number. I have do you no know idea. that one? No. When, uh, like Billy Flynn gets Roxy and he has her on his knee and he's like, Oh yes. So yes. So yes. We both. Oh yes. We both. That's Kristen Doty is like that puppet. Like she has the movements of puppet Roxy Hart. Her limbs, um, just don't seem to cooperate with her. Like even when she's in this episode near the end and she's like trampling down the steps after James, like I just don't even, it, she doesn't look like everything's attached. Yeah. She's like Pinocchio. <laughs> But I really, but that's what I like about her is mm-hmm. she's not really that um, polished. She's a loose fucking cannon. <laughs> I know. I miss it. Um, but yeah, I, I just the way they all look is is very fun to see because it just everything seems so much older and it wasn't that long ago. Season three came out in 2014. Yeah. I mean, so that's like five years ago. And 
it looked like entirely different people and Sheena's makeup and the whole thing and her hair and I don't and Stasi business Stasi she doesn't have a, she doesn't yeah. have a job <laughs> literally jobless <laughs> but dressed for business more than usual mm-hmm. I think I took more notes on this episode than any episode in season seven nice well, because um, there's just more each scene. It's just right? so much to really, like, bite into. Mm-hmm. So it begins with a season two throwback of the most iconic oh, season God. of all time. And you really realize, like, wow, these people are living the most fucked up lives. They've lived. Yeah. I, like, God, like, how did we have it this good? And how are they going to come back from that? Yeah. Like, when you, um, I remember when I first saw season three, I'm like, what could they possibly do? These people are not going to be friends anymore. Yeah. That's what I thought too. I was like, it's over for them. Like, they will never speak again. But lo and behold, (laughs) they really move on quicker than anybody on earth. They love to forgive and forget. Love it. About every single thing in their lives. Do you think that's because of the show do you think the show is the glue um for them do you think they would still be friends without it um because it's insane yeah the things that they move on i from. think the show was the glue especially in the bridge of this season because like if there was no show there would be i mean maybe jackson sandoval would have eventually become friendly again because they worked together right but like Stasi left, right. she moved away and then is back by the time this season starts. But like, yeah, like she had no reason to hang out with anyone. And the only the way that she's right. folded in from a storyline perspective is like you have to make it right with Lisa and like figure out how you're going to be part of this world. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think that Katie and Tom are only I used to think they were just still together um, because of their friend group. But I think the friend group is still together because of the show. So I think Katie and Tom probably would have never gotten married without the show. They they seem kind of destined for each other in a fucked up way. But I just can't imagine what what would you have to li- there would be no incentive. They yeah. just hate each other, at least in the earlier seasons and mm-hmm. right before the wedding. Yeah. And I guess like the show does incentivize like, oh, you get a lot of attention if mm-hmm. you like get married and you can get more money mm-hmm. or like I guess just attention and like a wedding by a train track. Like I don't really know. <laughs> I, know. I like to think that they like I what I love about the show is that they are all friends. Yeah. And they were all friends and worked together before the show started. But mm-hmm. sometimes I wonder if it still would have, in a normal life, a parallel universe, they would have still been friends. But it doesn't matter. I mean, because they still are. So, yeah. And I feel like the older they get, I, f- and like the more kind of money and choice they can make about their lives, like the less these friendships, like they won't stick around as much. Yeah. I I see them breaking apart at some point, especially we'll see after the show ends. Yeah. Or depending, I think there should be a sexy, unique housewives. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be amazing. Right? Yeah. yeah. I think that would. So maybe, hey, shit, maybe we'll have them forever. <laughs> Vanderpump housewives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then they start interacting with the, they the should other housewives. Like Lala should be upgraded to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That yeah. would make a lot of drama. Oh, and I shit. also think, but I don't awesome. know if she would ever do that because I don't know if she would betray Lisa in that way. I don't know. God, I love thinking of her 
in the in the housewives and i mean she's a beautiful girl but her she looks very expensive now but her plastic surgery makes her look a lot older and i think that she could she could fold into that pretty easily yeah totally and i feel like there could be like a lot of like whenever you introduce in a reality show like a younger hotter Mm -hmm. woman it just Mm -hmm. always breeds like nothing but conflict and what if she kind of goes against lisa and gets well i mean lisa's not going to be on it anymore i guess but if lisa were still on it she kind of corrals people against lisa and she becomes the new lisa holy shit and then she opens her own restaurants and stuff yeah she and has her own shows yeah she could really make things happen for herself oh lala um so the season two kind of recap that we get sheena is getting married and engaged jackson kristen had sex and it's just like what a season i know it was awesome and we open on jacks in his old studio apartment in koreatown just like working out with a rope with like a rubber (laughs) (laughs) resistance band doing his push-ups and he is he's back on top He's back on top, but he is more stuffed up and congested (laughs) than ever. He's very congested. He's having trouble breathing. Yeah. He's like a pug. Mm -hmm. Like he's bloated as all hell. And like every like talking head moment he does sounds like this. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. And he, I was never attracted to Jax, mostly because of his personality, but I recognize that he's objectively attractive. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do not like him all roidy and and bloated. I don't like that kind of look. It weirds me out. No, this was when he looks wise hit rock bottom. Yeah. It was like this entire season. This is Coke Roid moment. Yeah. He was like a creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> like he fully crawled out of the swamp. He was gross. Yeah. Um, he also says, I said goodbye to the old Jacks and I com- I'm a completely different person now, which is how he starts <laughs> off season three of Vanderpump <laughs> Rules, which is incredible. I can't, he always thinks that he's turning over some new leaf, but Mm. does he really think that or does he just say it for the show? But he is and always will be the exact same. And he, and he doesn't take him very long to start fucking up. No. Again. Immediately. He's like in a fucked up predicament. Yeah. Like he's dating two women. (laughs) They know about each other. That's like messy. Yeah, but he's new. But he's new. He's new. He has literally destroyed his nose with cocaine. Destroyed it. To the point where he can only mouth breathe. (laughs) Yet he's turned over a new leaf. He's turned over a new leaf. Say goodbye to the old jocks. I'm a completely different person now. He's a good person now. Um, Dodie is dating James. And she's very, like, so excited to have a young British DJ for a boyfriend. Yeah, she's, uh, God, it is really weird. I've seen these episodes, or I've gone through Vanderpump Rules maybe like three times in total Mm -hmm. and watched over again. But I think with the amount of hatred towards James in general now, it's a wild trip to go back and see Dodie so excited about just him being there and he's barely even said anything. We've barely seen him yet. You know, he's trouble from the moment you've set eyes on him. You know that he's (laughs) nothing but trouble. He looks like a, he, 
he kind of looks like a blonde James Dean sort of person. Yeah. Maybe it's just the chin or the jawline. He's I don't very know. chiseled. He grew into his like British good looks, mm-hmm. which takes a while. Yeah, it, it can. It's like you go when you're like a British guy from being like looking like a gecko to then <laughs> looking like really, really hot. Yeah, he's, it's, a, it's a bizarre progression. He's good looking. Yeah. But she is... I mean, how old is Dodie in season four? Season four, I think she's like 30. Okay. So she's like 34, 30. No, she's like 36 now. So maybe she was like 31 or 32. So I guess it's her way of bouncing back and showing that she still got it. Yeah. Dodie got her groove back by having James. I am just trying to like imagine myself dating a 24 year old. <laughs> and A, it's shocking that that like that. 10 years younger than me is Mm -hmm. 24 because I still feel 24 in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways. But then I'm also just like, lol, like, what would that even be? It would be James. Well, my fiance is seven years younger than me. So I can can tell you. You're full Dodie. Yeah. My life just naturally Dodied. Yeah. Yeah. How did you guys meet? Um, We met at a coffee shop. Okay. Uh, Just an organic meeting. We both lived in Cleveland at the time, and uh, I was working from the coffee shop on my laptop, and he came in after work, and we got along. We started talking, and then... Oh, my God. A real meet cute. A a Midwestern meet cute. A Midwestern meet cute. (laughs) That's the only place where you can actually organically meet someone is in the Midwest. Is yeah and people do online dating and stuff and i had done it on and off for years i was really happy that um and i'm not against it but i was happy that i just ended up meeting someone but i've you know my boyfriend before him uh was was uh 27 and how old was i he was maybe like five or six years younger so as much as i make fun of Kristen, i think i've i've you love a younger man. <laughs> I love a younger man. What does a younger man bring into your life that uh, someone who is your age or older couldn't deliver on? I guess maybe it's sense of humor and that kind of stuff. Like I, I mean, because Zach isn't really. He's a medical resident, so when I met him, he was oh, still in med yeah, school. He's a doctor, gonna be a doctor. I see where this is going now. I love this. Okay, good. All right, problem solved. I was like, hmm, I wonder if I dig a little bit deeper. Oh, you're dating a doctor. That's smart. You hook them while they're in med school, going through residency, and you're like, I'm here for you, babe. Like, yeah. I and you like, just make sure that they know that you are there for them, yeah. and that they fucking remember who was there before they were actually making that money Mm -hmm. i love it okay great this is my incentive to now date exclusive like next time i go to ucla medical center i have my eyes set on residents only seriously and they even though he's younger you know they and i like to party and i could probably like do it more than he can even Mm -hmm. seven years older but he was way past the like frat style of partying so if you get someone younger but they're a focused younger. Yeah. Um, That's where the money is. The benefits of an older person and then the benefits of a younger. So he's like maybe young, but sounds like a, maybe an old soul in a lot of ways. Yeah. Okay. I love that. And I'm 
but still immature. the spunk of a younger spunk of a younger a yeah. younger man he well he's now 30 he just turned 30 so okay. the joke is that because i'm 37 the joke is he's he's legit now mm-hmm. like it, it's happened yeah you're both in the same decade where <laughs> age no longer matters after you turn 30 because i met him when he was 26 okay love that sounds, sounds very young yeah that does sound young i dated younger like for a while but it was only like like a couple years younger mm-hmm. like i haven't really dated like a super like a much younger person yeah we like age gaps in my family there's a 10 year between my mom and dad okay. but my dad was older okay um so i knew it wouldn't be an issue it was one thing that my family really doesn't i mean they don't judge that's not the thing where they're gonna be like oh watch out well yeah and also it's like your brain it's not like you're bringing home james kennedy and being like mom and dad what do you think he's a DJ. international dj he's, he's like, 24 i've turned with the greats polo can fold at fucking party all day your parents are like we're killing ourselves Bema. yeah <laughs> dom and ariana are dating they have a wild connection and this was the iconic line that ariana's said about tom where she's like it's not really like we started dating we just kind of stopped not dating i like that line and i think it's probably true but it is a subtle um fuck you to Kristen oh, for yeah. sure not really that shitty. subtle yeah not super subtle just like <laughs> a fuck you doty like maybe we didn't cheat or he didn't cheat i think they did it doesn't really did. matter we'll never know they're never they'll never Doty thinks they did still i stand with doty on that doty is crazy as she is it's sort of like jacks she she's usually right mm-hmm. with the things that she thinks is are going on she's she's usually right and same as jacks yeah and it's interesting to see because i think tom and ariana at this point in the show have already decided like i think they know what's coming as far as the miami girl accusations and they are standing in solidarity of just having like a zero reaction to any of it i think deny and then ariana's facial expression never changes when it's brought up i think their total solidarity is what tips us off to the fact that he did it and they know yeah because it's too much Mm -hmm. and i've heard you talk about that before you are a believer that he uh fucked a girl in miami i am too i just don't see i mean i there you could make the argument that like Anne marie was fame hungry and like wanted to get on the show but it's also like like it (laughs) yeah but like it's also like okay well you live in miami like there's no you're not going to be on the show so Mm -hmm. there's no real incentive for her there's no real incentive if some guy on a reality show fucked you to then come out of the woodwork and be like we fucking had sex like what the fuck and we like, had sex and then we being like sex. no you didn't like you and just being like no we had sex like <laughs> you definitely fucked each other if yes. a girl is saying that like i'm sorry there's no like there's no other explanation i agree with you and i um disagree with andy cohen uh not uh not andy cohen sorry on the maybe the third reunion for season seven and james andy cohen asks james what does this one girl what's her incentive for saying that she fucked you in coachella and he's like same stardom you saw her and i'm thinking what the fuck like she's getting nothing from that her life has not changed if anything it's worse now yeah it's definitely worse like you don't (laughs) want to identify yourself 
as that unless it's just about like getting a justice or like exposing someone it doesn't make it's not a positive thing no i think there's total solidarity ariana and tom shows that they knew ariana for whatever reason decided to get past it and well i think it's like she just doesn't want that kind of attention and is guarded and it's just like i'm not gonna even like court this as an option and so it was just like a shutdown from the beginning it made her look very very cool when i first saw this and then looking back i think it was it was a great idea smart on their part to um not have it be a part of it but i I think I I didn't believe that he fucked Miami girl the first time around when I saw it. And then I began to believe it later. And now her behavior kind of shows me that it probably did happen. Yeah. Now that we've like gotten to know her mm-hmm. because she was so icy in those first few seasons, really up until like season six mm-hmm. that you're just like, I can't get a read on this person. Like, yeah. I think that she's smart and cool and whatever, but like, I don't know, like, I don't like know her character in terms of the show. I don't either. Now we know more and I'm like, I've got your number. You were totally, you were icing out that storyline. A pro move. She produced man. Yeah. From the beginning. Um, I was just going to piggyback off of this conversation about like, I don't think women lie about fucking a guy, but I do think guys lie all the time about fucking girls. Yes. Agreed. And like, that's part of why I think that, yeah. Miami girl wasn't lying. And it's the whole double standard um, slut shaming kind of thing. Like w- women, we shouldn't be ashamed of who we sleep with, but because of us more likely being called sluts, why would we want to confront someone and say, I had sex with you and have them say no? Yeah. When guys are just like, yeah, she sucked my dick. And it's yeah. like, we literally like <laughs> shook hands one time. <laughs> It's like Moby being like, no, no, poor man, no, Data. And she's like, you're a fucking creep. It's like, that's he is classic. Creeping. Yeah. Bald idiot. Wow. She, you really hate Moby. I don't like Moby. I don't know why. I just have never, like, I, there was one night when I was in high school where I, like, partied with a bunch of friends and his one album that was like the hugest album yeah, ever I'm trying to even remember a song I yeah I it's it. like they all sound kind of the same but it was like huge and it was everywhere and someone put that cd on and then it was on loop for the rest of the night and that Ugh. burned moby i think i was like on a bunch of blow and just like or maybe like tripping or maybe both but yeah. i was just like I never want to listen to this album again. And from that day forward, I was just like, I've taken a stand against Moby. And then his like shenanigans of this book. I'm like, literally no one asked you and no one gives a flying fuck. He wrote a book. You dated. Yeah. He wrote a book where he's like, like a tell all, I guess. I don't know. All I see is press about like women that he's like saying that he had relationships with. And Natalie Portman was one of them. And she literally was like, no, we didn't. Ew. And then he was like, yes, we did. (laughs) And then he wised up and then later was like, sorry. No, he didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I was just like, Moby, hard pass. Ew, yeah. Good night and John good luck. Mayer also is one who talks about his conquests and whatever the guy from Limp Fucking Biscuit, Fred Durst. Oh, yeah, Fred Durst. They all look like non- assholes doing it. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, leave Mayer out of this, <laughs> please, but <laughs> agree on all other counts. <laughs> So you you love Mayor? Love Mayor? Are you kidding? Really? Yeah, you, my king. 
Really? What's yeah. your favorite Mayer song? Well, I don't love his music so much as I love what he does with Dead and Company. Oh. Because he plays with Grateful Dead now. So he does. He, yeah, he like took over Jerry Garcia's part in that band, essentially. What? And so now they're like touring together. They're about to start their summer tour. And I'm going to go to some shows next week at the Hollywood Bowl. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, he's a fantastic guitarist. Yeah. Oh, my I, God. He's I mean, like an incredible musician. He's an incredible musician. I think it's just his persona but um, that I hate. But Dead, I've gone to Rat Dog and a Phil Lush concert yeah. also. So you and, know. Yeah. You know and what the deal is. I love I love the Dead, but I didn't know. Like, I saw the spinoff bands from the other members, but I didn't know there was like a Dead and Company. Oh, there is a Dead and Company. Oh, and they that. are out and about. The music is incredible. Highly, highly recommend to anyone if they come to your area, you should definitely go to a show. Yeah. It's magical. I'm and he is on fucking fire in those shows. Holy shit. Yeah, right. it's great. It's like a total... You gotta go and be a band-aid. I know. Well, I mean, I go... I basically, like... Tr- I try and go every tour that they do to at least, like, a couple shows. There was one a couple years ago where I went to, like, five shows in a row. Like, all the California, like, West Coast. And a little... A show in Phoenix. But... I've yeah. never done that. I've been to great shows, but I've never followed a band. And I kind of wish that I, I would have done that at some point. I guess I still could. I know. It would be really fun to like fully go on the road. Maybe one of these days I'll do a pod from the road, uh, uh, like a Grateful Dead or Dead & Co. road pod. You should. That would be good. Yeah. All right. Nice. Um, you have to invite me. <laughs> I'll pay. <laughs> no, I won't pay. I'm like patrons. <laughs> Start your engines. Yeah. Um, Sheena has a tattoo. It's oh. all happening for her. Speaking yeah. of John Mayer connections. And <sighs> she ruined she ruined that phrase that movie for, for me. Well, yeah. the movie. Well, now I only so associate good. it with Sheena Shea. Only with Sheena. And the movie itself and the soundtrack are so incredible. And now that I have this cheese factor involved, cause I love Sheena, but for a different reason. Yeah. So combining them in my head, it actually prevents me from like going and watching it again. And yeah. that sucks. Sheena's not like a rocker. You know what I mean? No, but like they all kind of fancy themselves as like blue jean babies, LA ladies. And like, <laughs> I love I love their perception of, of like of themselves in that context. And I'm kind of here to support that because there's definitely like, I relate on some levels, but I'm also like, this is like an embarrassing, it's an embarrassing white girl thing that we do sometimes. Yeah. And I get like really <laughs> like a band aid, like almost famous. I definitely do it on like a dead and co level to some extent. Like, you know, but I'm just like, yeah. would I get that tattooed on my arm? Absolutely not. not. Yeah, I I had a hippie phase um, in college and in my 20s still. And I still kind of have a little bit of that in me in terms of the music and some of the ways I dress and stuff. But like, I don't know, thinking of Kristen and her thinking of herself that way she's just so manic that like I can't align it with this sort of like free spirited it's very weird just picturing her picturing herself that way makes me feel uncomfortable (laughs) yeah I think there is like some sort of cognitive dissonance between (laughs) Kristen like her self-image and how she actually is yeah which is which is amazing to think about 
Yeah, I don't think she really she gets she sees it. herself as like peace, love, rock and roll. And a social she's... justice warrior. Yeah. <laughs> and like later on in this episode, she they're like making fun of her tweet where she's like, if I had to describe myself in one word, it would be loyal, <laughs> like rock and roll. And it's like, literally, you fucked your best friend's boyfriend. So the like, one word you shouldn't use to describe use that yourself. exact word. But like rock on sister like i don't know what to make of it i think she just has the perfect delusion of herself and i'm i'm here for it i like it i think that's how she keeps going how else would she that's why she makes great tv sheena is like kind of recapping what's going on in the group and she's like everyone stassi's moved away and now everyone seems a lot happier except katie (laughs) (laughs) and that's when you realize wow katie's been kind of a miserable bitch this entire time yeah i i i never liked katie how did how did you in the beginning did you like her she just i found her boring at first and then i thought of her as a monster and now she's a boring monster yeah at first i did i liked her because i was like who's this like pretty mysterious girl like she was just like with the hair yeah but it was pre-orange hair like first season i was just like i'm intrigued and then there was orange hair and i was like what in the world (laughs) like i truly couldn't have an opinion because i I was so (laughs) blinded by that hair it's distracting then in this season i think it was like this season and season four i was i was still giving her a lot of like the benefit of the doubt. And she did come for Stassi later in this season. And I don't think I really turned on her until like season four into five, where it was like, Oh, you are a nightmare person, at least yeah. on the screen. I could take her better in the beginning. But I think some, maybe the power shift is what made her uh, more of a monster because ever since she essentially had to let Stasi back into the group and it was up to her, mm-hmm. she like cemented herself fucking like Game of Thrones style in terms of she, I mean, Stasi never, Stasi blew up in her own way mm-hmm. and is still imperative to, I don't think the show would be the same without her, yeah. lover or hater, but she has never been like the queen again. Yeah. And Katie Katie had all the power and I don't know where she got that. It's does Lisa back her up in something? Does she have secrets on Lisa? I just am very curious about why Katie develops so much power and seems to be able to get away with whatever with Lisa. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. I think that Lisa has a real soft spot for her, given the fact that she had like a horrific, like almost life ending accident. Yeah, but it doesn't mean someone should, you know? I know, but I think that that maybe like deeply affected her more than any of us will ever know. I think that's kind of where you have to like give her a break, which doesn't feel fair because she has never shared truly like we've only seen glimmers and glimpses of like, oh, she fell through a skylight. It's kind of been presented as like this what a crazy thing about my past. (laughs) But it's like, I mean... She fell through a skylight and it caused like brain like brain damage. Like that's like she almost died. Like that's a pretty big deal. And I think that's just where you have to be like, we're dealing with a person that is just like they're not maybe all there anymore. Oh my god, what if um when Katie dies and they do an (laughs) autopsy? She has like CTE. Yeah. If if Katie has CTE, then I 
I, w- I would love that. And then I would just, I, <laughs> I, would, yeah, I would love that. I would <laughs> love that. <laughs> I would love that, but then it would also have everything make sense to me. And then I would feel more compassion. I mean, that could be, (laughs) I'm really on like a, I'm trying my best to like come from a more compassionate place. You are. And why don't you hate Katie? I've, I've heard you say you hate her. I do, but it's like, I feel bad taking that stance. It's starting to make me feel bad. And so I'm really trying to like get some sort of compassion and like parse through what my feelings are. Because I truly believe whoever you hate most on (laughs) Vanderpump Rules is like... Reflects yourself. Yeah. It's just like something you hate about yourself, which I don't see a lot of myself in Katie or a lot of Katie in me. So that's like something else like I might need to explore with a therapist because I haven't had time or taken the time to really explore that but I'm just like okay maybe you need to have empathy for people who just like aren't as smart as you are yeah like just be like treat them with like grace (laughs) (laughs) anyways very very zen of you although Katie doesn't give anyone a second chance to do anything except for Tom yeah it's pretty tough but unless you have a private jet and then she's just oh, like right. your BFF. Right. Um, Sheena has an epic troll of Katie where she comes up to her, invites her to her birthday, but then she goes, <laughs> She goes, I want you to come, but I don't think they serve tequila there. And I yeah. love it when Sheena trolls. I know. I, I like her. So Sheena's a Taurus. Mm-hmm. As am I. Okay, so you relate. I I relate to some of the things that she does in the sense of like her passive aggressiveness, mm-hmm. um, which is something I don't like about myself, but I definitely can be that way. And also her ability to like fake herself out about her own life and her ability to like think things are okay when they're not. Yeah, and project that onto the entire world. I love that. Yeah. I, those are those are qualities of mine. Uh, but I like when she does her little, you know, because she just doesn't have a lot of power. And so she just does it in her little teeny tiny Sheena ways. And mm-hmm. they're funny. Yeah. It's really endearing. Like, I think there is a point where I used to be like so annoyed by it. But now I just find it to be hysterical because I think she's also someone that gets so much power from like external things. Oh, yeah. And so this is like you know she's engaged her wedding is right around the corner like she's on fucking cloud nine so she feels really empowered to like sass katie by the cash register and it's like (laughs) i live for like a sassy sheena shay and she's pretty i mean i think she's a a bit vapid or at least how she seems on screen i don't know how much depth there is to her and she is a little bit more like a character Mm -hmm. than a real person and i I also was becoming annoyed with her in the later seasons. And now I'm just like, oh, my God, if it weren't for that fucking penguin, the season would have been nothing. Yeah. Like, I mean, she she does. She delivers, man. She worked hard to bring the laws for us via that penguin. She worked hard and they they are still working at Sir at this point, I believe. Do you think Sheena? Yeah. Like for season three. Oh yeah, yeah. They're I think definitely they, really are. they are ha- they're that's where their jobs are. Okay. Yeah, that's for sure. Um she also is like Sheena loves birthday drama cuz she, <laughs> she's like inviting all the enemies to her birthday. She gets so mad that shit always happens at her birthday parties or her events, but she always invites everyone. Yeah, she manifests it. <laughs> she's a real manifester in that way. 
Um, Pump Lounge is about to open in quote the epicenter of the gay community and it's so mm-hmm. weird and jarring to see like that process happening again yeah yeah have you been you've probably i'm sure you've been oh to yeah all i've been to pump yeah multiple times more times than i care to admit i i like pump yeah it's fine that's where i met ken oh yeah that's where i've met ken too and lisa and the guy who does uh she 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 do you watch beverly hills um yeah kevin lee yes okay amazing did you get a pic with kevin lee um no unfortunately but we did get a picture with ken and with lisa was incredibly gracious Mm -hmm. like she was really really nice and we got a picture with her and then her friend uh started taking a video of us like grabbed my phone it was very it was it was a moment i liked it um jackson sandoval our friends again because they just started working together and then like slowly started talking about work related stuff. And then now are just like, whatever we're friends. I mean, that just doesn't make sense to me, but um, you know, Jax did him a favor. Yeah, definitely <laughs> did him a favor. Jax also is peak Jax this season where it's like, he's coked out of his mind. Yep. He's bloated. Yep. And like, he's wearing his shirt unbuttoned down yep. to like his sternum with and a the loose buttons bow tie. Popping, the buttons basically. are popping. He's like literally hulking out of his own clothes. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's real. He's real fucked up this season, but you know, he's got all his friends back. I mean, he's back on top. His, his life is better. He's yeah. different. He's different. He's a new Say man. Goodbye to the old Jacks. It's a whole new me. <laughs> Um, Kristen stops Sheena by the refrigerator <laughs> to let her know that she has some tricks up her sleeve. Oh my God. And Kristen has just been digging around. She uncovered Tom Sandoval and Miami girls, Dalliance, and things are really cooking. Kristen's smile. Mm-hmm. She can't help herself. And this is Sheena's best friend. She's talking about like Ariana. Yeah. And which she, is so the weird. smile just keeps like, creeping up while she's trying to talk and it just makes me realize that this is her lifeblood yeah doing this kind of thing like she she needs it but it's also like one of those things like i feel like the older you get you don't do this kind of stuff (laughs) because you realize how much it like hurts you as a person like oh yeah you know what i mean like you could break up with someone and then go look at their twitter and instagram for hours and be like what a fucking idiot like blah 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 and just like look over and over but where does that get you ultimately that just like makes you feel bad i think Kristen needs to feel bad i think that's her yeah her her like comfort zone she can't like she's compulsive about it. I don't mm. think she can. I don't. I mean, I think yes, she could probably stop with outside help. But I think that she just is obsessive, and she she can't really stop herself. And it's it's really kind of fucked up to watch. And I would never even think of doing the stuff that she's doing. And I would. I was wondering if it was just like part of the like they want her to for the show. But the more I get to know her, I think that it really was just her doing it. Yeah. And I think that the show, the producers probably encourage it because right. it's great TV, but that's where it's like ethically really ambiguous because yes. it's like 
this is a person and Stasi really sums it up nicely later on in the episode where she's like, when I was younger, I used to think Kristen was really edgy because she would do all these like hardcore self-destructive yeah. things. And now I realize it's like just lame and yeah. weird. And it's like, Kristen's yeah. too old um, to be, to be acting self-destructive in, in this way. It is yeah. kind of weird to watch her in her like early thirties or something or late twenties doing it. And she just doesn't, um, it just, it doesn't, it, it will only serve to make you feel bad. And then it'll cause someone like her to then be more self-destructive because she feels bad. Mm-hmm. And so that will make someone like her get totally hammered and get real fucked up. And I do think that the show in terms of addiction and how much the people abuse um, whatever drugs or whatever they're doing, I do think it gets kind of unethical, especially in season seven with Kristen when they were on a trip doing that wine tour. Yeah, that was, that was, I mean, it was hilarious, but that was sad though. I mean, I was watching it with Zach um, and he was just like, my God, she, she's an alcoholic, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm not here to diagnose anyone, but like it it just between her and James, it seems like, and Tom Schwartz, they most likely have like the worst issues uh, with the stuff. And I don't know what the show would be without it. And then they kind of push them into these situations. It's just, I don't know. It's real. I don't know how the producers really sleep that well at night. I mean, it's good for me, but then I'm part of the problem too. Yeah. It's just weird when you predicate a show on people being just like messes, Mm -hmm. then they deliver the goods on that, but then they want to grow out of that. As a producer, you're probably friendly with them after working together for a long time. So you go along with it. But then like the audience is like, what the fuck? Like this is not entertaining. Like I'm not watching like the sweetheart friends hour. Like I'm watching (laughs) Vanderpump fucking rules. Like I know. So I like dark stuff though. And I like watching people get real fucked up and do fucked up stuff. So this is my bread and butter. That's why I tuned in. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I enjoy it, but I just kind of, I do wonder like what it makes me sad for them. But as a viewer, like I don't want to watch, like I don't want to watch you just like boringly working on your t-shirt line. Like that's not, no giving me anything like by all means go do that and like live laugh love make a t-shirt or two but like i that's why i just think it's like has to be new blood and it's unfortunate that they participate in a entertainment sphere that is like pushed them to be as messy as possible and then once they're healthy it's like we don't really need you anymore but that is what the show is and that's Mm -hmm. like kind of what they signed up for when they signed up to do it and so like if they are get recast eventually or there's new blood that's just showbiz especially in this form in this specific form of like entertainment I agree. I think that they have to keep being messy and so like someone like Lala who just recently um, stop drinking. I'm very curious about how her interactions with, with the show are going to be because she's the first one to actually do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, frankly, all of them should probably stop. I love yeah. when they start judging each other about their use mm-hmm. or like abuse of stuff. I'm like, none of you can fucking talk. Which like, was this was like really the first 
reunion episode aside from like the reunion from this season three where everyone's like yeah drugs or deviated septum and they all like allude to it being from blow but like the season seven reunion was the first time that everyone like people are openly talking about substance abuse but like i wonder i think also like a lot of them they're like puppies like they need some sort of person or thing to like follow and like Mm -hmm. tell them like what's right or like show them the way and a lot of times that's been lisa because she like gave them an opportunity for the show blah 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 but now that lala is really i think the one with the most power and the most access they seem to all be kind of following suit like following her lead which is like you know, Stassi's like, I quit Adderall, like blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. But that's kind of, I think, with her relationship with Bo. And obviously that drug and abusing that drug makes you a full-blown psychotic <laughs> beast. But like, I feel like we'll be seeing a lot more yeah. people taking breaks from alcohol and drinking because Lala's kind of done that. And she yeah. is like the chicest person on the show right now. Yeah, they probably will. And as much as, you know, like the kind part of me wants people to be healthy. Like I hope they don't stay sober too long, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they, I, I did think it was kind of shitty actually. And I think, I think Tom Sandoval is, he's probably the nicest person to James, but calling him out for what, you know, was probably Coke. Yeah. I'm guessing. I thought, I thought that was kind of shitty. I, I felt just entirely felt bad for James during this reunion. I know we're, we're going back to that and we should be on three, but it was, it was horrible to watch. Yeah. I felt bad for him too, but I also was like, I don't think Sandoval was coming from like a shady place. I think it was trying to be like, give like positive feedback, which is just also insane that like your positive feedback (laughs) for someone would be like, it's not beer. Yeah. I think you can drink probably as much as you want, (laughs) but it's really when you mix Coke with it, where it like becomes a problem. But like, I don't know. It's the thing is like everyone has their own levels of ability to engage with drugs and alcohol. And like some people just cannot handle it. And then some people are like can party and wake up the next day and go to work. And it's truly not a problem. Yeah, I I find that part fascinating. Um, And the addiction part and whatever they're all going through um, just for, you know, I mean, I'm Irish Catholic, and so half of my family's in AA. Yeah. Um, and I recently quit marijuana. Um, and so I, like, I get, I just, I get the the self-destructiveness and the ability to, you know, to kind of like lose yourself and, and become reliant on something. And so it's certainly no judgment on them. And I have no idea what they can handle and what they can't, but just seeing people live their lives and, and need that as a part of it in order to keep this money machine going is just kind of fascinating to me. And I would never be able to handle it. I'd probably doty out, man. I don't know if I do the same things as her, but I would, I would not be controlling myself. Pretty crazy. I, I think. would be fucked up. Like I just wouldn't be able to like. No way. I mean, in this world on this show, I don't know. It's like it's a lot. <laughs> it's a sport. <laughs> it's a sport. Yeah. Um, but you're yeah. either drinking like heavily, yeah. or you're pretty much like not invited to the party. And they're like in season three, it's just Jack and Cokes everywhere. It makes me want to fucking vomit. I'm like, what are you guys doing? The best two is when Kristen and James meet Sheena and Shay at that rainbow bar and grill. And like, they're like, what do you want? Like, and Sheena goes, 
I just want to like Jack and Coke. I just need something really light before dinner. <laughs> it's like incredible. That's not. I mean, I think I drank those. That was when I was trying to hide the fact that I had a drink with alcohol in it. That's the only time I ever drank something with Coke was like at a family function when I'm in high school and I have my cousin make it for me. So they think I'm drinking Coke. Yeah. I like, like who the fuck gets that? Hey, it's Sharon. And here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Olive and June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at oliveandjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at oliveandjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. A new quarter brings new goals, but what about your skincare goals? Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results and your secret weapon should be Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean either. And when I say clean, Dime is 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. I have been using Dime Beauty's TBT cream and their Dewy Daily Cream. TBT cream is a retinol alternative that I put on at night before I go to bed, and it's actually been making my skin look glowy and snatched if I do say so myself. I've noticed that. And I think our listeners have noticed too, because I've been picking up on a bunch of TikTok comments that have been like, you're glowing recently. So hats off to Dime. No one has time to remember the order of a 10-step skincare routine. The work system from Dime Beauty has everything you need in one powerful package. It includes a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Plus, my favorite, Dime's TBT cream is finally back in stock. Check that out while you're there. Dime has over 2 million happy customers, and their product reviews are literally all five stars. This year, love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com now and unlock your discount. That's DimeBeautyCO.com. The weather is getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm trying to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I'm planning a trip to Italy this summer, and I'm trying to stock up on lots of linen wear for the hot Italian days. And Quince is a great option for linen dresses, pants. Their styles are really comparable with other brands that cost two to three times more. So I'm perusing Quince and having myself a little bit of a shopping spree. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash sexy unique for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sexy unique to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash sexy unique. I feel like the last time I had a Jack and Coke was when I had Kristen on Pumped Podcast <laughs> and like got a bottle of Jack and then That's matched nice. her drink for drink and then like almost passed out. I have to hear about your experiences on, on Pumped. I listened to one episode. Yeah, I'm going to republish like the one. I'm going to republish some of them. I haven't decided where, like probably like on my website, um, which is forthcoming, but they're they're going to come back in a way. Oh my God. I just haven't made that decision like where and when yet. Yeah. But fear not, like they'll be back. I mean, as a super fan, I went and looked for one of them because I think you talked about it um, on this podcast and you talked about how the other one had broken up and uh, like how the witches of WeHo were like coming for you. And I listened to a portion of it and then I honestly, I did just have to turn it off because I could not, I just, Katie's arguments don't make sense to me and listening to her like speak in a circular fashion just i i just could only do it for like 10 minutes no it's a conversation that goes nowhere it's It's like fighting with a brick wall or something like there just is like no point you can't even respond no and that's like why in that episode i was just like oh my best the only way to move forward and like just end this is to just be like yep I'm sorry. Yep, you're right. I'm sorry. And yep. then you just like move on. Cause there's no point. Like That's I'm insane. What? I'm gonna like fight with like a doorknob. Yeah. Like that gets me nowhere. They like, just, it's just over. They and that's how they fight on the show is they just yell and and say shit until the only way you can get it to stop. It's like you like basically say uncle. Yeah. You're like, and then it. if you have a united force, it's like you can't really make up your own argument that's like sound and you're not confident enough in your own argument to really take a stand unless you have people flanking you that support right. the exact same thing and you can like fire it up and that's the way you feel most comfortable confronting someone. It's just like okay, well, you're never going to get like a really progressive or like interesting conversation where you really iron out a problem. Like you're just going to no, you're just going to beat someone down until they agree with you, which is not exactly it's not a dialogue. They don't. That's a wild thing about the show. Also, I find is like how they're so they have all these moral high grounds, which is like crazy. And they're always, you know, saying, I can't believe you did this. How could you do this? But then also they're inability to like have a relationship with or a dialogue with someone that doesn't agree with them yeah that again wild the cognitive dissonance <laughs> it's wild Run to me. rampant yeah okay um so lisa has hired schwartz to work at pump which we end <laughs> yes. up seeing is his like anxiety attack he works for like two hours has he had a real job in his life because we've never seen him other than mo- he's done some modeling but other than that. Yeah. Not to say that modeling isn't a job, but like I haven't seen him 
go into even like an ice cream shop and like work for a day or anything. No, I think that he was like a firm non-worker <laughs> and would just get modeling jobs that would pay like a good chunk of money and then spend all of it until like the next job comes up. Like it was very like things here and there, but nothing ever like long term. He is the um, quintessential example of failing up, which I had never seen until I worked for the federal government, which I do still. And yeah, like kind of the worst you do, sometimes you'll end up getting promoted because um, a department doesn't want to deal with you anymore. Mm -hmm. And so these people end up failing up into these leadership roles. And I feel like that's exactly what he did. Yeah, it's like a total thing. I've noticed that too, with certain (sighs) people where I'm just like, how are you doing this? I know. And like, that's just like how some people's lives work. It just gets scary when they then are decision makers. Mm -hmm. Like I get annoyed when they make more money than me, but then I become frightened when they're making decisions. Yeah. It's fucked up, but that's life. So there he is. Um, Sheena's budget Botox. I just have to give a shout out to, because like her (laughs) one eyebrow is like really arched in her talking head moments and like her ombre and smoky eyes and like, Botox is really working a number on me. I love that you that you said that because um, Tessa and Hillary, uh, to my friends, they laugh at me because when I get Botox, I'll get it like maybe like, I don't know, twice a year. Mm-hmm. I, I group on that shit. And they're like, you can't do that. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, I can. I don't see the difference. I'll do some back alley Botox. <laughs> I'm fine with it. It's cheaper. And um, it's, it's, I mean, I'm playing with fire. I know that that I am, but I don't get a lot. That's yeah. the thing. Is I, I do a say, little like, bit like on crow's feet. I'm not doing whatever they're doing. So, yeah. but still, so you're probably okay. But then <laughs> if something goes wrong, you really only have yourself to blame. I know. I mean, I'm not one to talk cause I get Botox for free from my stepmom whenever I'm home in like Oklahoma city and she could completely botch me if she wanted to. Yeah. And there's just nothing I can do about it. Yeah. So I'm like always <laughs> kind of trying to stay in her good graces so Absolutely. that I don't get like, you know, one eye is like larger than the other, yeah. which is already my like life journey. I want Zach to uh, get licensed in it and he's refusing. And I just think that's a real selfish thing to do. I know I was, <laughs> you need to convince him to become like a plastic surgeon. Well, you, anyone can do not anyone, but I mean like dentists do Botox. Yeah. Like you, so he doesn't even need to go away from his life journey of being a pediatrician He's a good yeah, guy. Yeah, like love the kids, whatever. But, but like, just do some Botox just on the side. Do Botox on your wife for fuck's sake. I mean, just love me. Yeah, Fine. that's whatever. divorce <laughs> material. I'd say. <laughs> I'm really miss Stassi's Toyota convertible. I know. I love when she. I know. I miss their old shitty cars and like their old faces and like old lifestyle. I agree. I. I think season two Stassi was the best Stassi in terms of like looks and stuff. I loved her hair. Yeah, I liked her like kind of more natural blonde. But it her was face always so sick. Yeah, in general like, is just like very. They all. I just yeah. I was nostalgic for Kristen's teeth. I think Katie looked great mm-hmm. with her super dark hair. Yeah, and her style wasn't like. It was never great, but it wasn't shockingly like, horrible. Whatever yet. is mm-hmm. happening now. The Grateful Dead. Did you see that purple fucking suit? She oh, had yeah, on? I saw that. The I took a lot of that? umbrage with that. 
I'd love to know what her favorite dead song is. She what her favorite show. Like if she's a fan of like 70s era, 80s mm. era or 90s. Like, no. yeah. Like who her favorite keyboard was player was. <laughs> yeah. She might not have a lot that of questions died. for her yeah. regarding dead. She didn't have, have the right to wear that. But I agree. I miss their faces. I miss even Sandoval wasn't as... Like I, he's a good looking guy, but he just wasn't as flamboyant in his like dressing and stuff now. And I, I don't know. I find it real unattractive now. I love him for it, but like I became less attracted to him the more crazy he got with his clothes. Yeah. I kind of like, like gritty Sandoval. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing to see like what they've done with their faces and bodies and Stassi's necklaces. What the, the necklaces fuck? were a real wild twist. Like when she was really <laughs> into statement necklaces, I I forgot about that era of Stassi Schroeder. But like the whole season three is just like one huge All statement. Of them. She necklace. has like six of them on just in this episode alone. Yeah, there's a season. It might be in this one or like. I think it might be in this one because she and Patrick move into like a weird apartment and then oh, she yeah. has like a little like upstairs area and she's like, this is where I make my necklaces. And it was just like, oh my or God, like where a nursery crafting. will go. Didn't she make a joke like that? Or yeah, something? there was a nursery, but then there was like a little landing area where it was like her necklace, like workshop. <sighs> Robert, who owns Buca de Beppo and Mixology, <laughs> comes to pump to like give Lisa props on yeah. her like hideous restaurant. And he really loves it, so she feels great about it. Yeah, she loves it. And yeah. she, you know, like Lisa always has to be talking about sex. It's just her thing. So she he actually he brings it up. He's like, Can we have sex in this VIP? She's like, You can. Yeah, she loves how sexy it is. And I love remembering that the trees that she had craned in were a hundred years old. <laughs> That's a power move. And that could probably costs like a million dollars. Yeah, she for those restaurants, they're so expensive. But like, I've only been to Sir and Pump, um, soon to be Tom Tom, which I've heard has a better interior. But those it's a they, Nicolane. They could only I could only describe them as like glamour trash. They felt like like cheap glamour so i could tell there was a lot of money spent in certain areas but then also that like they were trying to get a once over on me in other areas i didn't understand it yeah it's like when you got it's like a movie set where like you see a pillar but it's really like painted styrofoam yes which is like and also i've never understood her aesthetic because it's the kind of interior decor that it gets dirty really fast and like yes. dingy really fast. Like true expensive doesn't get dirty or dingy that quickly or oh. like you, it's easier to keep clean. So it seems in my experience, yeah. my limited experience. Yeah. With luxe I decor, yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if I've had experience with, I just feel uh, like expensive I've, stuff. Like I would see, like I know what's expensive and not based you can on. Tell. Yeah. You can tell. So what about like the, um, like Tom the plates Tom. and stuff or like th- that kind of stuff, the glasses. Do you think that those at the restaurants are super, do you think she's going to Ikea or do you think she's getting, I don't know. I think you just get those from whatever like restaurant supply chain, oh, okay. but like okay. I'm talking about more of like lighting fixtures and like mirrors and that kind of thing where it's like, you'll see it. Tom Tom. It's like, there's such in- intricate, like 
lighting fixtures above the bar that have like feathers on them. And it just seems really like in a high foot traffic zone where people are coming in and out and there's lots of food and drink, maybe like a feather in a (laughs) vial was not the best choice. Like it just feels like it could take a turn towards really dusty and gross. It was Nicolaine's vision. Yeah. But you can't argue with the master. You can't argue. Um, James and Kristen meet Sheena and Shay and Kristen pays for James Jack and Coke. She, this is where <laughs> Kristen just pays for everything for him. I know. I, I need to, I remember that just when I see it though, she really does. She loves to fucking pay as much as she complains about that shit. And it's her issue with Carter. Like, I think she just loves that shit. Yeah. I think she loves to be, cause it's her way of controlling. Yeah. And so it feels really good to her. And it's like, then she has one up on someone. Yeah. Um, Kristen, Sheena's like, she just, so Kristen tells them that what she's discovered about Miami girl. And it's so bizarre to see her with James, like her current boyfriend obsessing over her ex in this way. And yeah. then he's also gotten really fired up because yeah. like, I guess he now hates Sandoval because right. he and Sando were going to move in together, but then he and Kristen started fucking and like in Sando's bed. Yeah. Right. Or in their bed. Yeah. So now like it's like he's anti Sandoval because he probably feels jealous of him yes. because he knows like if you're dating someone and they can't stop talking about their ex, yes. chances are they love their ex still. And eventually it becomes a problem in their relationship, right? With Kristen and James, like eventually they start fighting about the fact that she's always talking about Sandoval. But at this point, yeah, I mean, this is the first episode we really hear more than like two words from James. So Mm -hmm. like, I guess it just, maybe he had to for the show, but he does seem pretty fired up and he seems super fucking excited to talk about the fact that this girl was on her period yeah. like he is chomping at the bit well they all love like they that's like the <laughs> most the grossest but also the biggest most like on brand vanderpump rules moment is where it's like not only did like it's like not only did jacks cheat on britney with face but like they fucked near like a dying woman yeah. like this is yeah. like not only did sandoval cheat on ariana with right. miami girl she but, was on like, the rag she was on the rag and he made her prove it and like <laughs> that's in the, the bathroom that's and then the was twist. like whatever i'll do it anyways and it's just like oh my god it's the little details that really give texture to this like beautiful fucked up world they're very they're just they're they're dirty yeah that's why i like them and i love it they uh they have fucking crazy sex on this show. You know, these people have like the wildest, best. I hope so. Craziest sex. Because Some sex of them, is I the, think. like, you know, sex and who's having sex with who is what drives the show and gets them into the most arguments and, and all of that stuff. So like, it better be fucking good. But like, I don't see a ton of chemistry shown on screen with with any of them like i i saw i don't know i never saw any sexual chemistry between kristen and tom but they were like almost near the end of their relationship between ariana and tom in the beginning i see it mm-hmm. but like stassi i never see it with any like i think stassi would be boring in bed i think kristen could be wild kristen is definitely wild like she's the one that will like you will have the time of your life in bed yeah. with kristen she's she's got to be wild because yeah. it's that like it's that crazy factor yeah. when people are just like 
truly out of their minds. <laughs> they have no inhibitions in the bedroom, yeah. thus leading to a more satisfying sexual experience. Yeah. Who would who would you want to sleep with? <sighs> it's hard to say at this point. I think <laughs> it really goes it like changes all the time. Right? It changes all the time. I think like a threesome with Tom and Ariana would be where it's at for me at this point. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I'm not positive Tom's into women. Yeah. I think that he's just like kind of femme. Or maybe he's just fluid. Maybe or just femme. Yeah. yeah. But I could see him also being down for like a male, male, female threesome, which I yeah. really respect and love. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, I don't. Yeah. What about you? I should have had an answer when I asked that question. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't. God. Oh. I don't, it would just, it would have to be one of the women. I don't think any of the men are attractive yeah. at this point. Like I did think so earlier in the early seasons, Sandoval was, was pretty good looking. And then like we learned more about him and his shaving the forehead stuff and it all started to turn me off. Mm-hmm. Um, it would probably have to be Ariana yeah. if I had to pick someone um, cause I just, yeah, probably Ariana. Mm-hmm. She has a sexy vibe. Lala could be really fun to sleep with. Yeah. Lala too. Yeah. It would have to be one of the women though. The men are just more and more becoming like ultimately disgusting to me. Mm-hmm. I think Sandoval still has that special Sandoval spark. He, I mean, he is special. Yeah. He is a special blossom. But I couldn't sleep with him. And I love the idea that like, <laughs> Lala and Ariana hooked up and it's just so on brand that he wasn't a part of it at all. Yeah, that just where it was just them and they were like, drive us around. Yeah, it was really amazing. A power move for both of them, truly. Oh, God. Sheena starts crying when Kristen explains this to her, mm-hmm. which I love whenever Sheena makes it all about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Especially with her eyelashes. Oh, especially with the eyelashes and she's just like upset. It's also weird to think that like, yeah, this is someone telling you like something that would ruin your best friend's life. And then you're just like, your like reaction to it is like, I want to give Kristen the benefit of the doubt that she's not trying to be like evil. It's like, no, she literally is like out to sabotage. She is. And I don't think Sheena knows, understands that. I don't know if Kristen was ever like really great friends with her, but also I don't think Sheena I, I'm sure she's sweet and like, but I don't think her friendships are particularly deep. Like, I don't think she's a ride or die kind of girl. So like, I can see her kind of waffling on that because yeah. she just wants everyone to be happy, mm-hmm. like no matter what. So then in order to do that, she's just going to end up creating more chaos. I don't know. I don't get her. Yeah. I think I get her more now than ever, like going back and seeing like, the way where it's just like how like where she gets really upset is like that there's just like chaos and yeah. discord around her and that exactly. upsets her because she does just want everyone to be happy. I don't think she's truly affected like, oh, I didn't know it was this bad. Like, you know, this is happening with Ariana. I think it's just her reaction to like tension and mm-hmm. stuff. Jax's deviated septum makes an appearance, makes an appearance and has like a long arc on the season <laughs> Um, this is the first time that we, or maybe it's not the first time that we meet Dr. Lakey. 
I can't remember if it is or not. It might be, but this, this Dr. Lakey comes into play a lot over the course of Vanderpump rules from here on out. And one of the biggest stars of the show, in my humble opinion, is Dr. Lakey's receptionist. Oh my God. Who I just kind of feel like face. It looked like they put a mask on her. I didn't get it. Yeah. Like I, I feel like if you, if I opened a plastic surgery business, I would want to hire someone as like my front facing person that, that looks is a great. reflection of my amazing work as a surgeon. Yes. And not, not a botched. Yeah. She's a really wild spirit, but I love her. When I've went to get Botox or I got a chemical peel once, I do remember someone looking very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, There's always kind of taking me person. around and it, I didn't like it. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, there's always like a, I think that's kind of the point of working at those places <laughs> is that you get like free or like severely discounted procedures. But they overdo it and then they show, I think, okay, is this because they're overdoing it or is this because um, this person's work isn't good? Yeah. Then I'm, I'm unclear. Yeah. Um, Stassi says that she's back from a six month sojourn in New York and uh, yes. where she was quote relearning what it's like to be happy, <laughs> which is bold face lie. Bold face lie <laughs> considering now we know that like yes. right before she moved back, Patrick had cheated on her and she discovered those text messages. <laughs> this made me look at this episode totally different. I love when we get those nuggets. I love it. Yeah, I love a truth revealed because it's like, oh, this makes sense why Stasi was so like awful for a really long time post this and kind of like bratty is because you're it really is someone that's trying to put on a happy face like everything's fine when their life is truly in shambles yeah. and they're dating like the world's biggest douchebag yeah she came as business stassi mm-hmm. and she, she put a blazer she on threw a blazer on and a huge fucking bib necklace and tried to act happy and tried to, and started her style blog and was just like in a new chapter of her life i gotta say though and i'm super embarrassed and ashamed to admit this to admit this but i thought patrick was attractive when he first came in with the man bun oh wow you were a you were a patrick fan i didn't know anything about him but i just i thought he looked good and and now it just you know yeah you just have to live with that for the rest of your life yeah Sometimes the show reveals things to us that we're really not ready to see. I know. He's just, I mean, he was, the way he spoke to her was just awful. Yeah. So when we started to see that, I, uh, I, I mean, that made me uncomfortable. And also she just wasn't able to be herself. It, it, it was weird. It was hard to watch. It must have been weird for her. Yeah. So this is like Stasi in a prison of her own making <laughs> that goes on for years after this, which is the shocking thing when you, especially when you go back in time and rewatch mm-hmm. to realize like, oh my God, like I want so badly for this person to break free. Yeah. But they have at least like two to three more years of like being in this cage. And as much as they seem so, you know, Stasi can come across as so assertive and, you know, she scares other people because she's so intimidating. But it's those same people, like, you've got all that hidden, like, stuff underneath that sort of informs every decision you make. And it's sort of instinctive that, like, she 
she's not what she's projecting out there. She's exactly the opposite. And then when you meet her family, especially the mom, then you start realizing like, oh my God, like Stasi almost didn't have a shot. I mean, it it is up to her to make the change, but it doesn't shock me that her natural go-to decisions are to be with these awful dudes. Yeah. And like, she really is like all bark, no true bite. At all. And like, used to have both bark and bite in like her and Jack's era, like season one and season two. One. But she was still with Jax who treated her like garbage. Yeah. So, so like- and then got out of it. But then to get out of that relationship and then have Jax be acting crazy, being like, I want you back, but then also like fucking randoms and getting your name tattooed is very confusing. Then to find out that like your best friend uh, fucked yeah. him is yeah. like also a real mind fuck. Do you think we just, I mean, I wonder sometimes really if we do attract that kind of stuff to us because she's chaotic internally. Yeah. And so your external, I kind of believe your external reflects your internal, whatever energy you're putting out there kind of comes back to you. And it happens to all of them. The more chaotic they act or they seem to feel, the more fucked up shit happens to them. Yeah. And I think she was looking for an out and didn't like, What's interesting about Stasi is I think we've gotten to watch her get the confidence that comes with like asserting your independence and being like an independent woman. And she didn't get that really until she like started her podcast and like yeah. cemented herself as like this person. So you're watching like her self discovery yeah. process, which makes her like vulnerable makes you kind of relate to her as a viewer where it's like oh you felt like you needed to leave this show but you Mm -hmm. couldn't just be like fuck you on your own accord you had to like latch on to this patrick douche and like move away then you moved back and then you kind of get your footing and like figure it out from there and now i have appreciation for that looking back and knowing where she is at this point in time she's grown the most i think out of um any of the people yeah for sure um, Lisa has a really good read on Katie when she and Stassi meet for like Stassi's apology drink with her at pump where she's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. She's like, how has Katie grown? She's in the same <laughs> job in the same relationship. And it's like, well, she still is in both of those things. Yeah. She just agrees with everything Stassi says. So Stassi's okay with her. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. Um, Ariana's braid. <gasps> hurt me physically and i'm ready to press charges (laughs) like that was not okay i don't i actually i have a note here that her braid made me feel oh her braid makes me feel uncomfortable yeah it's a bad braid i don't there's no reason for it to be on that part of her head yeah it's a hangover braid (laughs) i think i asked her too i was like how hungover were you when that braid happened she was like very i mean it's like yeah she forgot what she was doing and then she just gave up she hasn't found her braid like hit the braid stride yet and but it's still like it's just wild. it's part of their glam which just had not really found its footing yet it's awful Sheena's phone case also is an engagement picture of her and Shay, which I, I really appreciate it. I saw that. I do like how Sheena's, uh, Sheena and Shay's place looked like Shay had zero choice in the matter in yeah. terms of what it was basically Sheena's place and he was staying there. And then it's all just glam photos of them on that one day. Mm-hmm. It all seemed like it was wedding pictures. And this too, like was Sheena's old apartment before her like Park La Brea 
moment with Shay where she and Shay moved oh. into like a different apartment. This was like before that. So it's still like 1.0 apartments. Like, oh God, their old apartment and the pillows. There's a pillow scene that I love where he just like, you know, that he's feeling his life is very like Sisyphean. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like taking the pillows off and he's like, and we just put them back on. And I just, it just, I felt his darkness. Yeah. There's so many moments and like <laughs> Easter eggs in throughout Vanderpump rules where you see cast members realize that they're in a hell of their own. making. <laughs> it's incredible. He was, he was a prisoner. I he can't even imagine what they, their life was like inside those walls. Like what kind of conversations did they have? He couldn't have spoken up. No, I think it was just like Sheena really running the show. Yeah. Like she initiates a conversation and then she ends it when <laughs> she feels like it's t- it's over. But once she left him, she hasn't been in control in any of our other relationships. So it's kind of interesting. No, it's her like kind of karma, I think, in yeah. a lot of ways. Um, Lisa and Chef Penny have a really weird scene <laughs> where they talk about sexy food options for pump. Which- <laughs> If you need any sort of hint that food at a restaurant is not good, it's watch a scene like this and that will tell you everything <laughs> you need to know. And she's it, not picking it so that it tastes good. No, it's just how sexy is it? And food really like isn't sexy. Not to me. No, it's like not. It can be, I guess, if you use it in that way. But truly, it's like uh, food needs to just be delicious, like not yeah. sexy. And I agree. Lisa at one point says red cabbage is beyond sexy, (laughs) which I could not agree with less. And on buttered lettuce, which then, you know, and then she, how are they going to come on a brioche? I don't know. She's very, I was like, Lisa, you've really like, what are you doing lady? Here's the thing about my Lisa and sex is she, she says it's a British thing or whatever, or sense of humor. I don't think sex jokes or like relating everything to sex is necessarily British, but I, she talks about it constantly. Yeah. She refers to it constantly. She wants to be wanted by all of the people that work for her. Mm-hmm. And it seems like by pretty much everyone, but I would pay a hundred. I don't have a lot of money. I would pay a hundred dollars um to someone who could prove to me that she actually has sex yeah because like when people talk about it that much and they want to be seen like that it's almost like a version of sheena but like the more mature version rather than the way sheena does it but it's like i don't i don't get a sexual vibe from her though i don't think she's actually doing the act yeah i think it's more of like a marketing ploy yeah than a real like this is how you're acting though i do think like she and ken probably do have sex like more than she lets on you think so i think so yeah because she likes to joke about her and ken's relationship is like i let him have it on his birthday once a year right. or something you but think i think they, that they are actually fucking a lot more her her approach to sex wow. and sexuality is interesting because she wow. uses it in all these different ways but yes. then when it comes to ken she tries to say like we never have sex right but i think it's the opposite way but maybe it's the jokes on me and they really are. I guess the part that I don't believe with that is that I can't see Ken being physically able to have yeah. sex. <laughs> I think like his pacemaker would explode. <laughs> He'd throw out a hip. <laughs> I don't think he can have sex. Yeah. She just, she needs to be, she needs to be looked at as a sex symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's weird to me. 
the mixology party happens. James and Kristen arrive together and you just know that Kristen is so happy. She's like, I'm so feel so good to walk in with James on my arm, which is like, whoa, that's wild. And no one is anyone looking at her thinking, whoa, she's got that like guy on her arm. They're both so delusional because I feel like James thinks people are looking at them like that. And Kristen thinks it too. And I don't think anyone is. Well, I think James knows that this is great for his career. (laughs) So he's really excited because like he's now full. He went from not being on the show to like fully being on. He was in the he was in the um, when they were taking the pictures. Yeah, he dove into a pool and that was it. (laughs) And it was like, oh, my God, who is this guy? but then it was james kennedy she gets his first jack and coke of the night (laughs) yeah she gets him a jack and coke then we meet carmen who's jax's one of jax's new girlfriends yeah and when asked about carmen and like what their connection is jax goes carmen's fun she's easy she lives here she's friends with (laughs) sheena which is like the requirements that it takes to like fuck jax She's a warm body. He doesn't have to go that far. Yeah. And I love do that much. She lives here. <laughs> I know. I, she kind of, she seemed like a, like a nice girl that yeah. really didn't belong on the show. No, she was like in over her head from day one, which you really see when it later where Jax is like, we all lie and cheat here. We all lie and cheat. And then Carmen goes, wait, what? And like she looks very, very nervous yeah. and surprised when he says that. And I was like, oh, have you not seen an episode of the show? Have you not seen season two? Yeah, I feel like it really, Carmen might not have ever known anything and just met Jax, like this hot guy that was on a show and was like, okay. Like oh she was in God. college. Yeah, but I thought she was friends with Kristen. I guess not. I think I they became, know. I think Kristen okay. becomes very, very close friends with anyone that fucks Jax always has i have to i'll definitely want to eventually talk about your theory on Kristen and Jax because i never really thought about her loving him yeah i think she was in love with him i don't know if she is anymore but i think most of season one and two she was like desperately in love with Jax. are there any particular scenes like or things she said that she's always saying what a great boyfriend Jax is how hot he is like what a great relationship she and he and Stassi (laughs) have like and comparing him and telling Sandoval like why can't you be more like Jax wow yeah remember okay I'm gonna have to watch um Sandoval and Sheena chat he swears he never had relations with Miami girl (laughs) Sheena utters the iconic line that she can't cry because her eyelashes are mink. Mink. Which is just a real, like... What does that mean? It just is like when you put on fake lashes. And, like, for a while, fake lashes were made of mink. It was pre-eyelash extensions. Okay. So, like, you would put on, like, a strip of eyelashes. But would it fall off if you cried? Yeah, because it's held on with, like, just a glue. But it being mink? It's made out of mink fur, yeah. Madonna was like the first person, I think, to ever wear like a mink eyelash. Wow. And it was like a very specific type of like eyelash enhancement. I think they can look pretty good. I've tried to put them on uh, once or twice and I cannot figure out the glue thing though. Yeah, I'm not like it's like not for me. It's not. It takes too much time and then I think I'm ripping my eyelashes out and I don't know. Yeah. A side storyline in this episode is like there's been a divide where this is kind of the first time we see like Stassi, Katie, 
Oh, and right. like the two other lost souls, my fave Christina Kelly, which she really never pops off as like another cast member, which is unfortunate because I, I really would have loved her to be more of a presence on Vanderpump. And I Rules. think she is by far the hottest. Yeah, of she's all of stunning. all of the women. She's a model. Yeah. Um, and then Jen and Jeremy, which they never popped off, which is just like I live for like a side person that couldn't even just like make a, a baby splash. No, Jeremy legitimately worked there like when i went to sir he was the bartender like yeah. there's no the rest of them weren't there and i think it was season three when season three was airing mm-hmm. when i went and james was there i think it was pre see you next tuesday but he was there djing in the lounge wow. and okay. um jeremy was legit bartending yeah he and jen were like longtime servers i think they had a baby together which we saw in one they season did. which was really dark to like see an <laughs> a sir baby soul yeah sir baby which if things go as planned we're gonna see way more of and i don't know if i'm spiritually ready for that no but this is the world we live in um so they okay. address themselves as charlotte miranda carrie and samantha go out for drinks and dinner stassi's oh dressed like a politician's wife <laughs> she's all business i swear like i don't understand if it's this episode or what i don't it's get a it. combination of the hair and the blazers with like a crazy statement necklace yeah. that really is what does it because she's doing like a shoulder length like blonde bob which just looks very dated yeah yeah yeah. it never looked like modern no hers didn't yeah you know? and i like i didn't like Kristen um kelly's uh lipstick i think she's so much prettier when she doesn't have like super dark oh i like her when she takes like a little you like the go when she goes goth risk (laughs) yeah i'm into anything that christina kelly does i'm just like i'm here for it probably because she's like thin that's really all it takes for me in a reality Uh, it's all she because everything looks good on her yeah she's a hanger person (laughs) um i miss really miss shay f kennedy james's project that he did with mike shay Wait, it was an actual pro like a uh, yeah. They were they had a band together. I thought Shay was they, just up there because he was bored. No, they, <laughs> if you look at James's laptop, it says Shay F Kennedy on it, and it was their band that they had together. And Sheena's song "Shake That" was a Shay F Kennedy joint, if you will. I didn't know that. Yeah, the more you know. I really thought Shay just went up there because he didn't want to be hanging out with everyone. No, he was a musician <laughs> and like a rapper for a while. He is like a whole career like music videos and stuff on youtube that are truly shocking sheena's in some of his music videos is he good no he's <laughs> will make you incredibly uncomfortable uh, but i highly recommend yeah, watching i like that kind of we might have to watch some for like a bonus episode okay. um Jax has real reads on Kristen and her obsession with Sandoval where he like Jack speaks truth he does and he's like it just makes her look insane and like makes her look really bad he's He's really, I mean, he, I think he is one of the darkest um, people on TV now, definitely on reality TV. He's a true sociopath. He is not that intelligent, but he is so good at reading people. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just is because it's the way he navigates life is just based on manipulation. He's, he's good. But he can be honest in certain points. Like he's so dishonest usually, but then honest when it comes to like other people, Mm -hmm. but the reads are always like on point. Yeah. Yeah. Sandoval and Ariana are making out in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Their love is so intense. They spend them so into each other. A lot of the season, like making out, 
Because it's their first, they're clearly in the honeymoon phase. Yeah. And it's so obvious. And then we see later, you know, they enter real relationship phase. Like the sex drought. (laughs) Sex drought and sometimes don't even really seem that into each other. More Ariana doesn't seem that into him. Yeah. Just like glorified roommates. (laughs) (laughs) But they'll come back around. They'll come back around. Yeah. And Sandoval's like, okay, I have to go talk to Kristen, which you know is never going to lead to like anything good. (laughs) And... What I love, too, about these types of Vanderpump Rules episodes, and I think what the show did so well at its peak, was that it would key you up with so much tension. Oh, yeah. And the music, too. The music and everything would lead up to just one thing happening, and then yeah. all hell breaks yeah. loose. And they do that really well in yeah. the, on this show and in this friend group. I agree. And they kind of did it. They spliced together the scenes really well. They spliced together the scenes well. That's what the reunion was really like and was why it felt like a return to form. It was so good. There was maybe they kind of, it kind of tried to happen in the season seven episode with like Bo's mom and the reptilian brain, whatever. Yeah. But they just, it's not ever been as good as it was in this era. It's the best when it breaks out into um, like something physical. Yeah. (laughs) I know. And really what I realized in this episode, because so Sandoval goes to talk to Kristen. She's literally dreams. Her dreams have come true. She's so happy. She just stares into nothing with like a devilish smile. She's been on her practicing face. for that moment. Yeah. She's giving nothing but like facial expressions. <laughs> I know. I love it. And like she's radiating excitement at this predicament. She loves that chaos is about to happen and that Tom is going after her. Yeah. And she has the power. She loves having the power. She loves creating a situation where someone has to engage with her that she can then be like, no. <laughs> I know. And she loves having James behind her to like fight so that she can be like, stop. Like, but she really says no means yes. And stop means keep going. Yep. And then she orchestrated it perfectly. Yeah. She really is like a sorceress. And she voted. Yeah. All of them. So I don't know where things like break down. Like what I've realized is Sandoval, I think is like a pretty violent guy. Cause this is now the second time that he's like physically attacked someone. Yeah. He, he doesn't seem like it, but he is the initiator of the first punch. Yeah. And I think it's cause he's so um, such an emotional person. He's like very ruled by those emotions. So it's yeah. easy to really like key him up and get a reaction out of him. I think he is, he is one of the nicer uh, people yeah on the show yeah like, he does shitty stuff but he does seem legitimately impacted by like how other people feel and and things like that and so, how yeah. they treat each other mm-hmm. because after this episode he also gets um this is when he like leaves the i'm sorry video message for sheena where he's like weeping and crying and stuff. so it's like you know that he genuinely feels bad about things i think the breakdown with this happened when um james you know is kind of getting in tom's face but then james or then tom says why don't you take um a beamer selfie Mm -hmm. and then james says why don't you take a honda civic selfie and then and then the hit happened somewhere around that it does happen after that but there's another thing where it was like james you can't really make out what he's saying and he's like probably because tom's like get out of my face and then james like leans in and kind of mutters something and then the hit happens 
But it's wild, too, to see Tom go from hating James to now where he's kind of like defending him a bit. He used to love him, hate him, and then love him. He might see him as a little brother. Yeah. Or feel bad for him. James, like he just like he pushes palms. (laughs) He pushes his face out. It was so good. And Kristen comes alive. Like she was alive before, but once punches are thrown, she's like (gasps) Kristen's born to brawl. (laughs) I know she is a brawler. She fucking punched like three different people. Yeah, she goes in. Not even just like one punch. She like wails on them. Close fist. Close fist just like beats the shit out of people. And I I love this fight. Like the other fight was awesome too when like Stasi gets manhandled mm-hmm. by Kristen. Yeah. Uh, or Kristen Kelly picks Christine her up. Kelly oh, Kristen Kelly picks her up and Kelly. hustles her out of the mix. Yeah, that was really good. I love that one. And this one, I like, I pause, play, pause, play, pause, play. Like, I don't so you have, can see beat by I beat. don't have slow motion. Yeah. Or any, any special uh, technology. So I look beat by beat. And there were some moments with Kristen and Tom and where um she's punching Tom and her face is just like, you know, she just loves it. She's punching him. But then there's another one where she grabs um Schwartz around uh, the neck and she's trying to pull him off of James and he bites her uh. and then she's yelling <laughs> at him. And then that's why they're yelling when she's like, I was trying to break. I was trying. He's like, I was trying to break it up. Punches Schwartz. And I think she punches him because he bit her. And yeah. I first saw it on Reddit because someone had oh freeze framed it. And then I saw it and you have to look, he know he has to know that it's her and he bites her off of him. That's incredible. <laughs> so then she wails on him. She fucking, she fucking fights back. And I think that's where all of that anger like after when she's like going down the stairs and screaming i think like it, it just got amped up because yeah. he's fucking bitter he's he's why he's a little bit violent towards women i am very freaked out sometimes by schwartz schwartz you give him enough booze and he'll aggressive just, yeah he'll just like go with whatever flow is happening <laughs> and in this one it just happened to be like an all-out brawl in like the past it's been like pouring a beer on katie right he definitely is like not super respectful of women and he's not as beta as we think, or at least with alcohol, he doesn't, he's no longer beta. He gets real fucking crazy. Yeah. He feels empowered. He loves like to talk shit when he's really drunk. And I too think that he, um, is on, on opiates or something. Now he looks, he looks a bloated mess and his hair is, it's nuts and his face doesn't match up anymore. Something ain't right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just fucking <laughs> full on chaos breaks out. Everyone's screaming at everyone else. Ariana's kind of just like off, kind of eye rolling somewhere, which I like that she's not involved at yeah. all. And Sheena. Sheena she, gets Sheena's glass in her face, foot. Yes. Sheena's weeping, crying. I love that scene where she like, I, you can't see me because it's a podcast, she, but she's like hitting. <laughs> she's like, what? Someone tell me what happened. And like, I think her friend that's like holding something on her foot to like stop the bleeding is kind of laughing <laughs> while Sheena's like moaning. Then Sheena actually gets like her comeuppance when a hot bartender picks her up and carries she her. She gets out. whisked away. Yeah, like leaving Shay in the dust. Like Shay's, where is Shay? I don't he's know. Like off, like taking a Vicodin somewhere. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely he's, like, passed out on the toilet. <laughs> Sheena's like carried off. She's like, how am I gonna deal with this? I'm just a waitress. And it's like you're brilliant. 
your comedic genius. She is. She's so good. I love that the shit happens at her parties. And I, I think this is when I realized that she had done a full Botox face. Um, this was the first uh, episode where I really saw that because when she cried or when, when she it morphs into the <laughs> demon face. Yeah, that's when you know when you can't just make like a regular ugly cry face, but it goes beyond ugly cry face into fucking devil's advocate demons. That's when you the surefire <laughs> sign that someone's Botox themselves. to Oh, hell my God. Yeah, but it's is... good. I yearn for that amount of Botox. Oh, love it. Yeah. Yeah. I would never I couldn't do that to myself, but it makes me happy uh, when I see someone on TV try to express sadness. Yeah. Who's been Botoxed up and all bra- Bravo really just hands that out to you in every show. I know it's really good. Like the level of Botox and fillers. Like I found myself watching season seven being like, God, I can't wait to get Botox again. Like just like, <laughs> do you get it? I do, but I haven't. Oh, that's right. You get since, it from your like, it's all worn off now. And I'm yeah, like, too. when it wears off is like a special kind of hell. Cause you're just like, God, I used to have it so good with like no wrinkles. And you're almost I'm, worse off after you start because you're worse now you, because now you're, you're like, know oh, better. I truly do look like a monster <laughs> underneath all these grows and muscles. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't know it, but I am a ghoul and I thought that I was okay before. Yeah. I love it. I actually, and I told you, I get like bargain Botox, but I, I go even further. I get the generic disport. Oh, yeah, I've gotten that, Which too. actually is, I think, even better. It lasted for, like, four and a half, five months. Disport's great. Like, I, it's... Yeah. Like, it's I have It's just a no generic problem. version. Yeah. yeah. No, I love it. Oh I love a, your obsession with the Botox deal. Yeah, because I don't... My friend's argument that people put it on Groupon because they don't do it well, I just don't buy because they're all med spas that do it. They're just trying to get new customers. Mm-hmm. So... That's that's my rationale. I'm like they're fine, but why did I need new? Why aren't they just word of mouth? I guess they're not good enough to just be word of mouth. But yeah, I mean, it's just like I love a group. It, it more depends on like who's actually doing it than like what the price is for it. Yeah, and mine is all price. Yeah, <laughs> and I just hope it goes well, and I don't get <laughs> like I'll worry about it later. <laughs> well, my my also yeah. if you're if you go in saying like, look, I really want like a conservative yeah like they're not gonna like i would be more worried if you're like i'm going in for like a full face makeover with botox oh, no. and like i just want to do it on the cheap like if you're trying to go kind like kendall jenner like bella hadid <laughs> who basically became asian all of a sudden i'm like so unclear on how the upper part of her face is like completely changed she looks beautiful but it's i don't stunning, she looks but it's like, like a totally different person i yeah. agree oh my god i was listening to an episode of yours I forget the girl. She was so funny. It was a recent one. Um, and she was talking about the chin implant. Oh, yeah. Nikki. She cracked me up. I, I really liked her. And the chin implant thing. So I think I had the same surgery. <laughs> Stassi. Really? But I got it when I was 17. And it was covered by insurance. Why? Because I had so much of an overbite. Mm-hmm. Um, that they thought that I was going to grind my teeth a ton and need crowns when I was older. So it was a medical procedure, quote wow. unquote. So I don't know if that's what Stasi got, but I had the same thing as Stasi, where like I didn't really have a jawline. I don't really have like a big one now, but when I'd shut my mouth, it would just go flat and like mm-hmm. kind of in. <laughs> and 
while I was under, I don't remember making this decision Uh because I was 17, but they threw in an implant. So I was oh like, my God, Mom, you fully did have a chin implant. I know. So I do. I do have an implant and I can feel it. Oh, my God. That's amazing. And I uh, was rubber banded shut for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I dropped like 15, 20, nah, 15 pounds. And I was really small when I was younger. But I had this like huge like lollipop head because I was so swollen. Yeah. So I went to college like that. I looked like that for six months. Oh, my God. With braces. Holy <laughs> shit. I know. You could see like you kind of could tell it was me, but it wasn't clear. And I'm happy I got it. It was the most painful thing I've ever gone through. So I would never do it as an adult. Yeah. You I mean, when I woke up from surgery, I felt like I'd swallowed my own face. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel attached. Yeah. It was the worst thing in the world. But but you're like, I've got got that chin implant. Insurance (laughs) covered it. It was medical, bitch. I love that. But when I was listening to that, I was just laughing so hard. I wonder Hers could have just been plastic surgery. I mean, I it seems it like they kind of pl- had that money. It seems like a plastic surgery, <laughs> like, only kind of vibe. But mm-hmm. you never know. You never know. God, but. kids have it so well. Like, you can just get medical plastic surgery when you're younger. Yeah. Now I, like, pray that someone is like, medically, you really need a <laughs> facelift. Like, I would love that. Medically, you need your tits to be about two sizes. Yeah. Bigger. They're like, medically, you're going to need to suck out all your belly fat and then re-inject it into your tits. Medically, you need these hair extensions because it's really protecting your mm-hmm. head. Your neck area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know if we're going to get a chance to um, do a bonus episode, but if we have time, we've got to talk about Jax's tax lien. Yeah, we will. We're going to do a bonus episode because that's insane. Yeah, it's insane. We have a lot to talk about on the bonus. So if you want to hear that, please go to patreon.com slash sexy unique podcast. <laughs> and that's where you can access bonus episodes that drop every Friday Thanks so much for being my guest today. Thank you, Lara. And for being coming here all the way from Chicago to do this <laughs> pod. I'm glad that you decided that it was monetarily worth it. <laughs> I know. I know. It totally was. I okay, loved it. Good. Traveling not across the country. Well, yeah, halfway know. across the country <laughs> to pod about Vanderpump Pools. It was my destiny. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Tell everyone where they can find you. Yes. Okay. So um, I co-host a podcast called Strong Female Lead based out of Chicago uh, with two other women, Tessa Davidson and Hillary Kerner. And uh, it's our first podcast. Uh, so we and we basically talk about uh, what you would expect based on the title. Uh, we talk about strong female leads in movies and television and uh, kind of goes off the rails from there. But uh, you could find us at uh, Strong Female Pod on Instagram and at Strong Female Lead underscore Chicago on Twitter. And our episodes drop every Wednesday and we can be found on iTunes and wherever you pod. I love that. How long have you guys been podding for? Oh, my God. We were talking about it. Uh, probably we start, it was our brainchild maybe in the, um, summer, uh, about a year ago. And then we, uh, our first episode dropped February 20th. Okay. Wow. So it's so new to the game. Very new, but living, laughing, loving, potting, living, laughing, loving, potting. Great. I, I love it. The only part that's not stressful for me because I get stressed doing everything is the actual podcasting part. 
that's the part that I'm just like, oh, like it's almost relaxing. Mm -hmm. Then the rest of it. Yeah. And then the rest of it is (laughs) like kind of a troll. Yeah. (laughs) And by troll, I mean, yeah, it's actual work. Yeah, it's actual work. But Mm -hmm. it's 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 great, though. And we cover a bunch of different types of movies and take recommendations. Uh, But like West Side Story is our movie um, that we talked about uh, for our episode this week. Uh, but we've also done like Nancy Botwin from Weeds. Oh yeah, I love and, Weeds. Right, mm-hmm. I know. And uh, like Chasing Amy. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, yeah, nineties movie. And then um, we actually we're going to be doing Suspiria soon. And I know it. I know. Heard I'm a you. Huge Suspiria. <laughs> I heard head. you reference it. Yes. Are you going to do the old and the new one? Just the new one. Just the new one. Okay. Just the new one. Um, but. Holy fucking shit. It is truly terrifying. I watched it on the flight on the way here. And I don't know if I should have done that. Like, because I was very hungover and already had like the demons, like the next day demons from drinking. Yeah. And it really kind of shook me. (laughs) That's a really intense movie to like watch on a plane too i know i know for like a 6 30 a.m flight with two hours of sleep yeah i'm thinking also of like <laughs> the very end of that movie watching on a plane is wild i hope that your seatmates also got to see <laughs> the demonic shit that you were getting into i really did wonder if people because i was right near the bathroom mm-hmm. um i was wondering if people like waiting uh in the aisle could see what I was watching. And I was, I was gasping though. Like I don't really get freaked out that easily or it takes a lot to disturb me. Mm -hmm. Um, My threshold is super high. I don't know what that says about me, but this was fucking, this was fucking me up. And Mia Goth, anything she's in, I know is going to be terrifying. Yeah. I love her and I love her choice and roles. She chooses incredible stuff. Her, even just her face, like I don't know what it is about her type of beauty, but she like fits so perfectly in these like fucked up roles. Yeah. She was in a really good movie with Robert Pattinson or I don't know Ooh. how good it was, but it was like the new Claire Denis movie. I can't remember what the name of it is. It's like takes place in space and it's like really weird and fucked really? up. Yeah. I, it's not actually that great, but if right. you're a Mia goth head, I would yeah. recommend it because she's really good in it. Wasn't she in, I saw parts of nymphomaniac. I didn't watch she's the whole trilogy. Um, did you watch that whole? Yeah, I really loved it. Okay. Cause it was so long. It was a little, um, intimidating for me to get into, but mm-hmm. I could do it. Yeah. It's just, well, you're off marijuana, but I was going <laughs> to say it's a hit the vape pen and just like roll with the punches. Right. But yeah. 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 That does seem like a good, maybe you movie. break it up into like, <laughs> sections, sections, even like you section off each section yeah. into like more doable chunks. Cause but with yeah. the vape, you could lose a whole day, but you'd, you wouldn't mind and you mm-hmm. wouldn't notice. Yeah. And I'll notice. <laughs> yeah. After like a non vape TV marathon just doesn't work for me because after about an hour and a half, I'm just go into my phone and then I oh, yeah. stop paying attention. I know. So it's definitely different. I'm about that vape life when it comes to <laughs> watching Those multiple mo- hours of TV in a row. Vanderpump without the vape is a new experience uh, for me, but I am, I am enjoying it, but it was darker. Uh, when I when I vaped and watched yeah I really I don't get the pleasure of vaping and watching Vanderpump as much because it's it's like work yeah so I have I watch it and then I'll watch it again for like notes but when I go back in time 
and like just watch old episodes for fun it's like that's where more of a vape comes in it's dark it's uh yeah <laughs> you think it's already dark <laughs> but then i start to question myself oh god well seriously thank you so much for having me yeah thanks for being here um we're gonna take it over to the bonus episode now so if you want to listen to that you can go to patreon.com slash sexy unique podcast and for the low low price of five dollars a month you get a weekly bonus episode so check it out and yeah until next time bye ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.